I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice Worst microphones. Worst trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize anymore. these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a fidget spinner. some of the best spare. gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey... Run that track. Maybe it's copyrighted. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But that song is embedded into the brain of pure excitement. And if you don't know what that song is, then I don't know what to tell you other than just start watching some basketball in March and you will quickly grow to love that song. Um, <clears throat> I got like a little bit of a weird cough this morning. Hopefully I don't get anybody sick. However, this is Box Lunch presented by Betfred Sportsbook. And I got to be frank, I plan to take some money from... Uh, Mr. Fred, over the month of March. There's a good chance, though, that he probably takes some money from me as well, usually how this thing goes. However, we are back. We've been gone for quite some time, been running around. All of us are doing different things, and we have a bracket challenge. So, Casey, I don't know if you have that link. Please pin that link inside of the chat if you don't mind. We are going to do something relatively um, special. Um, that is the bracket. However, Casey will take that link to get into that bracket. We're going to make it free. And I think, I'm going to let the chat decide, I think that we should have someone that wins, they get something they keep for the year, and then they have to return it every year. And whether we make that a big trophy, Tom said it should be a belt, um, we'll leave it open to judgment as far as what we think that the actual winner should take home. Clearly, obviously, everybody always brings money into these things. I don't know if that's something that we probably are going to do. For legal reasons, and if you want to gamble, then you just go to Betfred Sportsbook and gamble, regardless. Um, so first off, I can't I can't pin it because the link is too long. So. The link is too long. Well, I'm going to tell you some, about something here, Casey, on the fly. There's something called Bitly uh, and a URL shortener. So if you take that URL and you take it to Bitly, put it inside of Bitly, shorten it, and then throw it into the chat. Hopefully okay. that should work. Um, I do know this. Um, we do it, need to get it, we do need to get a new intro into this into the show. I think we got plenty of sound bites to probably make a new intro. That new intro will happen um, next week. Let's shoot for next week. The, the reality is we're understaffed here. We, we're a little understaffed, a little undermanned. 
and or not as enough not enough talent around here. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Definitely, I'm not sure. Definitely not enough talent. That's definitely part of it as well. However, uh, this Thursday we are going to go to Wings and Rings on 747 in Westchester, and we are going to do a live show out of there. Now the show starts at um, 10 a.m. Usually, we're going to have a discussion in here later today on what that looks like. I think we're going to maybe push the show back to 11, run the show all the way up till 12:30. I think the first tip's 12:35 on Thursday, and then we're going to do some live uh, sweat bets, whatever term you'd like to use. But uh, we're going to put some substantial money on a few of those early games to try to get the adrenaline pumping. Oh baby, responsibly. L- little course. appetizer. Appetizer. You know, Ooh. no better place to be for an appetizer than wings and rings clearly not buffalo wild wings to make sure we're all clear we've already talked enough about them on this show uh so when we get that link in there please go ahead and click it i can see it in there now and i'm not sure exactly what the price should be i have a thought the thought is is that chatterbox invests into a i don't want to say a significant amount of money but a good amount of money we'll put a good amount of money into a trophy and or tom said a championship belt what do you guys think what what should be the title winner i'd like for them to keep the trophy they can show it off during you know whatever the, the holidays thanksgiving I'm, I'm talking extravagant you know when you go to a nice restaurant and they're like hey would you like a dessert and you're like yeah i'll take i'll take whatever ice cream or hot fudge sundae and they bring it out and it's just like you can share it with 12 people and it's more of a spectacle than anything that's what i want this trophy to be i want it to be so ridiculous that if somebody sees it they genuinely thought that you won the national championship that's where i'm at with this I like a trophy, but I'm open to other ideas. I'll throw it around the room. I haven't brought you guys in yet. What are your thoughts on what that person should win outside of just honor and integrity? As, as a man who's been to several WWE events in his life, I would nothing would make me happier than a spinner belt. Like the Chatterbox logo in the middle, it spins, and it says tournament bracket challenge underneath it. Like Tom said, championship belt, spinner style, John Cena style. I say we just give everybody that joins the bracket group a little trophy. Participation. How about that? <laughs> I agree. I think Tom would that would really go over well. <laughs> Filled out a bracket. <laughs> and then the little guy, the little gymnast guy can just hold up a piece of paper. On Tom's show, when when Xavier, when Xavier gets knocked out of the tournament, hopefully they make it all the way. But when they get knocked out of the tournament... I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a trophy for Xavier for participating in the NCAA tournament because <laughs> Tom would eat that. 2023 NCAA tournament participant. Right, absolutely yeah. love it. Haven't been able to say that in the last four years. It's a big deal. Hang a banner. Belt or trophy over there at the uh, producer table. Uh, I'm a trophy guy. Uh, I really liked the belt idea, but I think <laughs> I think the participation trophy is spectacular. I think that is what we should be handing out to everyone. Just a tiny one. A little tiny one. Just a Actually, little tiny one. No, we well, should... need a trophy. Just get some uh, get some medals or ribbons. That's what they did in <laughs> soccer when I was a kid. Well, we should actually, regardless of what we do, we do, assuming that Tom doesn't win the bracket challenge, he's got to be in it. we got to put him in it. We will give him a participation oh, trophy. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> we will no give doubt. him a participation trophy. That has to be a thing. It, it, we, we will actually that's a good idea we'll, we'll we'll buy an extra whatever we do we'll get an extra one we won't tell tom 
Um, send one out to Tracy Jones. And yeah, we'll send one out to the, the folks that are all about the participation trophy life because their generation's the one that created it in the first place. And I don't know why they don't just admit to it. Um, <laughs> on the bracket challenge, the link is in the uh, the chat right now. But if anybody's listening back on a podcast or whatever, if you just go to the tournament challenge and you search Chatterbox Sports in a group, it's the only one that pops up. So Beautiful. You can join it. Perfect. So we're on ESPN. ESPN. ESPN yep. bracket yep. challenge. ESPN. Um, we're going to create the rules. We haven't finalized the rules yet, but I know I've done this a long time. This bracket challenge has been something I've been doing since I was in like, you know, with all, with all seriousness, like fifth grade mm -hmm. and beyond. And I know that the traditional way of keeping a bracket is you get one point in the first round, you get two points, and then you get eight and you get 12 then you get like 32. If you win it all, I, I don't love that method because of two reasons. One is I don't. I, I do think picking a champion is important. I don't think it should be everything, because more than more than likely, in order to win the bracket, doing it the traditional method, you have to get the champion right, or you have little to no chance of winning a bracket pool. Now, one would argue that that's the way it should be. Right. I I believe that if you pick if you pick a vast majority of it correct and you miss out on the champion, you should still have a pretty good chance of winning. And I think you should get rewarded when you take a risk and it actually hits. Um, so. I'm of the method, and I'm not saying this is a dictatorship. We can we can have um, those that have that have um, tried both out. We can figure out what people want. However, the one that I like the most is this: you get a point per round that's associated with every win, and then you get an additional points with the differentiator of the seed. So if you pick a 16 seed to beat a one seed, you get 15 extra points. Have you ever played that way? Am I am I talking like a different language in here right now? Have you if you pick if you pick a ten and they beat a seven, you get three extra points. So, so you get rewarded. So in, so in theory, if you pick a twelve to beat a five in the first round, you get seven points. Yes. But in the final four, when you pick a two to beat a one, you only get one point. Well, you're only getting one extra point after you already get associated the points for winning that round in the, in and of itself. So in theory, picking a picking a twelve picking an upset in the first round is more important than picking a team to win the final four to win in the final four. No, no, I don't think you're hearing me right. To be clear, you're going to have a points associated with every round. Now, okay. how, how you want to divvy those out is up to you. You could make it. You get one point for the first round okay. plus whatever extra seed you have that wins. In the second round, you might have four points plus the extra seed. In the elite eight, you get eight points plus the extra seed. So it's a, it's, the, it's it's the normal bracket, but it's handicapped. Then you're 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 handicapping it a little bit for the people that might pick a fifteen to beat a two. Like if you pick St. Peter's last year to go two rounds, that should be worth a lot more, in my opinion, than picking the the the, the two seed to get by two extra rounds or whatever it may be. You should get rewarded for taking a little bit of a risk. Otherwise. To be frank, I don't know if you've ever looked at the statistical nature of this, but I have because I'm, uh, I am very much a gambler. Chalk wins these tournaments. They win bracket pools in a, an abundant amount of time. People think, oh, you pick all these upsets and that's how you win. No. If you just literally pick straight chalk, there's a good chance you're going to be within the top 10 of your bracket pool every year. Every year. Right. So, yeah, I guess... I'm, I'm a, I like the, the old school more than the, the handicap way that you're presenting, and I think it's mostly because, to push back against what you said, I think picking the champion should mean a whole lot. I think that it truly should should push you over the edge of winning the bracket is picking the champion. I think I think that is very important. I mean, you're, you're picking 
a tournament, so you should be able. That's to fair. The only pushback I have on that is it can't be worth as many as getting every single game right in the first round, which is what most theoretical traditional ones are. That's that's way too many. I mean, having one point for every game in the first round, which I think is my math's not great, but that's thirty-two. Yep. The championship can't be worth thirty-two. It just can't. Well, be, it just in makes my it opinion. to where every round's worth thirty-two points. I get that, but I'm, my my main point is I just don't think picking the winner should be worth the same amount as picking every single game in the first round correctly. That's all. Just saying. We'll I see. You know, I, I see what you're, where you're coming from there, but I would rather be rewarded for picking Arizona to win the national championship than Charleston to win the first game. Yeah, I think... But I, you, I, get, you get, to be clear, because I think that we have this weird misunderstanding. If Let's say the championship game is instead of worth 32 points, it's worth... We'll call it 20. And I'm sure there's some people out there that I'm statistical math. We've spent maybe way longer on this little subject than I would like. But my main point is that you're going to get 20 points regardless of who wins. Okay. And then you'll get an extra whatever points value that comes with the seed. Got it. So okay. you get an extra two points in the championship because you picked the two seed to win the championship. The championship is I, re I, irrelevant. I, you're just getting an extra amount of points put on your total based off the seed that you picked. See, I think – I. I understand what you're saying, but I think that when you make a bracket, the the upsets you shouldn't be rewarded for upsets, picking upsets. I think it it hurts you more than anything. Like when your team gets upset, that's how you lose these bracket challenges. When you have Kentucky going all the way to the Final Four, you're losing out on all those points because they lose in the first round. That's that's the big twist with the the upsets. You shouldn't get rewarded for just. I get it, but my main thing is this, and I don't want to make this too dry. I guarantee you, if I just went in and I picked the higher seed for every single game, didn't even, no upsets. If I get the champion right in the traditional system, I win. Doesn't matter. I will win. And that's the problem with the bracket pools. Is that there's no fun in it. If, that's, if, that, if that wins every year, then that's not enough fun for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm not fun. But that's my main point. It's like, the team that picks, I don't know, Michigan State that one year. Or UCLA is a better example. UCLA goes to the Final Four. If you picked UCLA all the way to the Final Four, just because they lost in the championship game, you probably should win the pool. But anyway, I digress. We'll figure all that out. Casey's race. Casey has been sweating this. I, I, I could tell. I sent out a text uh, for those that, that obviously aren't in our group chat, which is all of you. I sent out a text. Uh, a little sarcastically. I don't know what the right word is. You know, you're just shooting from the hip from time to time in life. I said, I tell you what, Casey. Uh, I don't know exactly what I even remember said. I will. I think it was like, you'll get a double your... Well, what exactly was, did I say, Casey? I know you know better than I. It was basically double. All right. So I told Casey I'd double his salary if NKU won. But if NKU did not win, then he's got to take us all to Jeff Ruby's. Now, Casey quickly thought... Quickly, quickly thought... This is a great idea because I'm just going to hedge it. I can bet on, I know what his mind was saying. I can bet on Houston, right, to, to win at minus whatever odds mm -hmm. and put an, an abundance amount of money on it, and I'll just cover my cost for dinner, and no matter what happens, I win. The problem is, Casey didn't quickly realize, is that Jeff Ruby's is probably like at least 100, buck, 100 bucks ahead. <laughs> yeah. You got about six people. 
at least 100 bucks a head. So let's just say all in all, you're probably looking at $800 for the night. And quickly, Casey's looking at that money line at minus 4,500 odds, thanks to Betfred Sportsbook. And he's doing the math, and he's extrapolating that math out real fast. And he's like, wait a minute. This isn't adding up. So I, I decided I would do one better for Casey because I don't want him to have these difficulty things of, of – um, I don't want him sweating in the kitchen, as Tom was saying. Here's, we'll make it simple. Um, this could come back to bite me. Chatterbox might go under because of it, but Casey will make a lot of money. I'm going to give Casey a 1% raise for every point that NKU wins by. The only thing that you have to promise is that you bring donuts in on one of the days the week after if they don't win. Okay. I mean, donuts cost you, what, yeah. 15 bucks? Yeah. 10 yeah. bucks? Something like that? You got to have some skin in the game. This can't be just a complete freebie. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just banking on the fact that NKU isn't going to win by like 20 <laughs> points against the Houston. However, I don't know. I think, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Don't you think that's fair, Casey? I think that's fair. I'll, I'll agree to that. All right. Meanwhile, that's Trace, good is, that's me, a, meanwhile, that's Trace good. is going to be hedging a little bit. I might have like a couple hundred bucks on NKU money <laughs> just in case. <laughs> <laughs> the old insurance play. What are they on the that's money fair. line? That's responsible. As I've said before, this, this show is brought to you by Bedfred Sportsbooks. If you have a gambling problem, please call 100Gambler, 21 plus in Ohio. However, I like having fun. We should have fun in life. I don't know why more companies don't do that. I mean, I guess because I could go bankrupt if, if NKU wins. But you could buy, seriously, guys, if you're a company. NKU's money line isn't even offered. <laughs> Just bet on them to cover. Well, bet on them to that's cover. when you call up an insurance broker and say, hey, uh, could you put me up a custom quote? If I pay you $500, how much will you give me if NKU wins? Listen, um, I want to run through some of the pathways for the locals here. But that's the plan, Casey. I think that's a fair plan. I mean, like I said, donuts are going to run you about 15 bucks, and you won't even need donuts. In fact, the joke's going to be on us because the Norse, which we're going to be uh, repping our gear here soon. Thanks. Shout out to uh, Dan Horde, Seho, getting us some gear to, uh, to have that. And I don't, I don't want to miss this as well. We are going to – we'll make an announcement. We'll put it out on socials. But we are going to do a watch party at um, the Wings and Rings off 747 in Westchester. Uh, on Thursday. Pathways for locals. I know you guys kind of drilled the bracket pretty heavily in Off the Bench Show. Many of you watched Off the Bench Show before ours, so I, I kind of want to provide some more flair, substance, yep. and different topics and have fun with this. Um, I was curious to see what the Xavier fan base thought of their draw because when it initially came out, the three seed was something that I didn't think that they were going to get. Um, but I think it does prove one thing. I think it proves the fact that they make these brackets before Sunday. Clear, they make like, them on Thursday. Yes, on your show they say they make it on Thursday, yeah. but I don't know if I believe that because they got to rescrub, as you said yeah. on, on the show. Um, I just don't know how you lose by that many points in the championship game if it wasn't already determined. And I'm not saying they shouldn't; have, they didn't deserve to have a three seed because one could argue they they could have, regardless. But it's just hard for me to believe that they didn't already have them penciled into the three line after they took care of Creighton handedly. So after the Creighton game for Xavier, they were like, okay, they're a three-line. No matter what happens tomorrow, and we're not even going to mess with it. I that think, has to be what happened. I think that's probably what happened because Marquette clearly being a two, because a lot of people thought they were going to be they a three. back a little bit too, so, right? No, I, I think Creighton. They, 
Yes. Yeah. I think Marquette now being in the on the two line even more so kind of gives you that idea that Xavier was playing with house money on Saturday night. And that, again, goes back to what I was saying about conference tournaments. Although, was, like I said, on off the bench, nice to hear that Alabama got rewarded for winning the SEC regular season and the SEC conference title, got the number one overall seed because they were down to Houston and Alabama. That was nice to hear. Um, and as as a somebody that covers Xavier, uh, it's, I, I would rather see Houston than, than Alabama. I think, maybe, maybe not, though, now that I think about it, now that I say it out loud. Because Alabama kind of plays Xavier style. So, I don't know, but that would be a Elite Eight conversation. If we have that, then it's all gravy. You want to hear the mental gymnastics that my brain went through on Saturday night trying to get me comfortable about what was happening with Xavier? Is I just kept telling myself as Xavier's just getting the doors blown off and then the final buzzer happens and I go look at the score and I go, huh, well, we have three fandoms in this in this company. We have Kansas, UC, and, uh, and Xavier. And Xavier was closer to covering than UC and Kansas were on Saturday. <laughs> and so close enough. That was that was the mental gymnastics. I think Kansas lost by twenty, UC lost by a billion. So that was that's what I went through. But you gotta love the draw if you're Xavier. I mean, you, you get you do you get Kennesaw State, who you mentioned were eight point underdogs in their six and a half six and a half point underdogs in their conference championship. Clearly, the worst fourteen seed, right? They were the yeah. last fourteen seed. So yeah. you're you're getting the best possible draw there, and you're looking forward. I mean, in the tournament, you get to the second round, you're gonna play a tough team. You know that's a fact. Yeah. Unless there's an upset. So. And you'd you love to play Pitt. Right. You, you couldn't have asked for a better draw if, if truly if you're Xavier. Now you're in a – I think that Xavier's um, bracket has the best one and two. I, I, I'm a big believer in Houston. Yeah. I know you, you alluded to you're, you might not be as big on Houston <laughs> or Texas, but the, I'm mean, a big believer in Houston and Texas. I think they're the best one and two combination yeah. But. yeah i mean everybody it's like every team every every team's got their question marks or whatever it makes it does it always makes you a little concerned that houston hasn't played a game that really matters at all since december but albeit the same kelvin sampson is a heck of a coach there's a reason they were in the elite eight last year very close to going to a final four they are constantly were they in the final four last year no, Villanova no. beat them in the Elite yep. Eight. Um, they are constantly right there with Kelvin Sampson. They are an incredible program. They're going to fit in great in the Big 12. Um, I, I, I do think Houston is a very good team. Well, it's nice to th know that Houston won't even be in the second round. So, you know, Oh, that, true. You don't even have to worry oh, about them. Oh, my Can God. Could you imagine? Casey comes in here with a 15% raise because NKU just wiped yeah. the floor. That's probably going to happen. With the Cougars. <laughs> That's 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 probably gonna happen. I, you know, in what world does NKU not win that game? That's what I've been trying to come back to. You know, I was right. thinking I've watched NKU enough to know. You got to get Darren Horn on the show. It's good. Yeah, luck that's probably the, the main thing. I mean, if Darren comes on the show, I am definitely gonna go to the in, the uh, the old uh, hedge your hedge your bets type situation. Um, I mean, what what NKU's? I think I seen earlier. You said they didn't have the the money line. It was on there last night. They might have taken it down for a minute, but it was. Plus 15, 16, 1700, something like that. Okay. Um, that's here nor there. Let's jump into the one thing. Because here's what happens every tournament. Every time the brackets come out. You have two things that happen. One is, there's always a team that everyone picks as the quote-unquote favorite upset. They, 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 they latch on to this mid-major and everyone says, oh, watch out for them. They're, the, they're going to be the team that... that, that 
that goes on a Sweet 16 run or Elite 8 run. Mm -hmm. And it never happens. Like, that team, yes, they're good, but you forget how good the team is that they're playing and they get disrespected. And then you have the opposite, which is this is a dark horse mid, not mid major, this is a dark horse mid tier Power 5 conference team that I think is really good. I think they're going to make a run. And then they get the doors beat off, uh, the, the brakes beat off of them, if you will, um, by a mid major team. And I'm looking at, again, as I've always done, I try to look at things from a numbers perspective. And I know some of you laugh at me when I think of like, oh, all Trace does is talk about gambling and the lines. And that's how he comes to these theories and et cetera. Just some things to note, guys. The disrespect that is being shown to Virginia right now is, is out of this world. It's what, a four-point game? It's, four a, it's, it's a five and a half. It, the line opened at five and a half. It's down to five. It's at, still at five and a half in most books. Um, I don't have Betfred right in front of me, but I, I'm sure that if one of you guys can pick it up and let me know. But nonetheless, 73% of the, that, the, the handle, the bets, if you will, are on Furman. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that's so scary if you think Furman is going to win that game. Because most times, as we've said before on this show, public betting doesn't win. It can win, but it usually doesn't. So just food for thought. Furman right now has 95% of the money on their handle. That's, Sharps. It's a lot. That's a lot. Boys in Vegas with a big bank um, Another one to keep an eye on. Arkansas, the trendy pick. Massive amounts of money on Arkansas right now to beat Illinois. And one more that I've seen that makes me kind of smile or laugh is Louisiana is also got a ton of money on it. And what do those teams have in common? They're not offensive teams, right? Like Virginia, Paul said it before, they're not fun to watch. They're not pretty. Tennessee, not fun to watch, not pretty. However, it just seems like a trap. I'm just throwing it out there. It seems like a trap. It seems like, yeah, those teams are trendy and they're right, and then all of a sudden Tennessee wins 65 to 40. Yep. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. You're spot on with that. I hadn't even looked at the at – the, uh, the, yeah, the initial betting lines or anything like that till just now. And, yeah. Speaking of pathways for local teams and the most surprising betting line that I saw just because of the way that we've talked about both these teams in this office is the Kentucky Providence line. That came on out. You know, if you had me cap this, right? If you ask me, what, what are you going to make the spread for this Kentucky Providence game? I'm going uh, six and a half, seven for Kentucky. I don't know. I agree. Neutral, neutral site. And then it comes out, and Providence is only a four-point underdog. So, are there teams in the Big East that we don't give respect to? And I, 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 I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. And it's two teams, in my opinion. Somehow, we still don't respect Marquette. No one wants to give them their due. No, no one. No, no one. No one. Tom sits up here and's like, of all the two seeds, I just can't see Marquette winning at all. And it's like, dude, I, I'm guilty of it. But at what point do we give Marquette some, like, their flowers, man? Like, they played in a relatively, I'll admit, a good right. league. Now, I don't know if they're great or decent, but it's still a good league. And they, and they won, like, by two games in that league. They go on a neutral floor in Madison Square Garden. They beat UConn, right? Then mm -hmm. they turn around and, and they, they beat Xavier handedly. And we don't we, – we don't, I have people think they're going to lose in the second round. 
And you know, the other one's Providence. Like, you're out on Providence. You you've said frequently until I watch Kentucky play Vandy. I don't know if I am. Two for the past two weeks, you've been telling Providence is terrible. They are. You're like everyone's talking about them I, in the I, Duncan I Center. Many, I say too many teams are terrible. I've noticed you, that. Yeah, but but, but put, put, Purdue sucks. Purdue sucks. God, they're terrible. I'm telling you, they're terrible. They're you know what it is? The conference tournaments. They're 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 like, uh, man, they they are the facade. That was on the side of a, that was on the side of a building. You don't know what's behind it, but right now that Big Ten tournament, which was just absolute garbage, if we want to be honest, some ugly basketball being played in the Big Ten this weekend. Don't know if you watched many of those games. However, it's not fun. However, when you watch the Big East, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't disagree there. I like the Big East. And you know what else? I'll say this: the Big East basketball is fun largely because of. Their TV package. I'm being dead serious. I think FS1 and Fox do such a better job than all the other networks. It makes their games more enjoyable to watch. They got inside the huddle cams. They have all access from time to time. Not complete all access with no commercials. But, <laughs> but my main my main point to this whole thing is is that Purdue is this team that we all are back on the bandwagon. And why? Because they beat who they beat. They beat Penn State. They beat Maryland, maybe? Ohio State. They Ohio beat Ohio State. State. Wow. Big time win against the Buckeyes that everybody was back on. The Buckeyes are terrible. I mean, seriously, Purdue won the Big Ten, and everyone's like, okay. oh, sh maybe we're, uh, we're back this in the Big Ten. Marquette wins the Big East by 20. They beat UConn. They beat Xavier by 20. And the next thing you know, Marquette's not good, and Purdue's back. Okay, Purdue stinks. I hope you guys run it back. They're terrible. They'll be lucky to get out of the second round. I'm going to openly pose this, this, this question on air uh, about, about Tom and what he was saying about Purdue. Was that the first time he watched Zach Eady this year? He had not talked about Zach Eady at what all a, this year. A thousand percent. And then he's like, this guy's incredible. This guy's huge. Like it's, and, and that is your knee-jerk reaction the first time you watch him play. It's just this seven-foot-four dude sitting in the middle and can hook it sometimes. Right. He's so much bigger than everybody else, and he does get 20 points. It is demoralizing when they throw the ball into Edie, and he literally just turns around and throws it in like he's playing against <laughs> seventh graders. I mean, it does look like, dude, how are you supposed to stop that? And then all of a sudden, there's somebody that's big enough just to kind of push Edie around a little bit. And he's right. got to pitch that guard. He pitches the ball out to those terrible guards they have. I'm just going to keep talking terrible about Purdue and hope it all works it's, out. Well, it's, it is funny because you do watch him and you genuinely wonder, like, I mean, my man gets 25 points and 10 rebounds literally every game. And you're like, how do you beat them? And then you watch it and he fumbles it around, throws a turnover, tries to kick it out and just, just doesn't – can't handle the ball. I mean, there is a player on Purdue that has been playing D1 college basketball longer than Zach Eady has been playing the sport of basketball. Think about that. He only started playing basketball four years ago. There is a player on this team that has been in college basketball longer than he's been playing organized basketball. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I see. So Sean just put this in the chat that Memphis beats um, will beat Purdue in the second round. Are we sure Memphis is going to win their first round? Wow. Florida Atlantic. What a really game, Paul. and they put it in the first round. Paul, Paul brought that point up. For those that don't know, I mean, Florida Atlantic's a really good team. I think right? they got the shaft. And it's a sad situation where you have two teams that you like. You think they, these two teams could make some havoc, and then they match them up against each other. And it's like, I would have I liked to have seen Florida Atlantic maybe get a seven and then get a chance to beat a two. But 
if you got to play any one seed, in my opinion, again, I keep saying Purdue stinks, but if you had to pick a one seed that, that you have a chance to play in the second round, in my opinion, it is Purdue because they got four guys that are going to be bragging about them playing for the number one seed. They're going to be playing 35 over men's leagues here in about, right. you know, maybe six, seven, eight years. They'll be playing at the local YMCA talking about how they used to play with Zach Eady and you have Zach Eady. So, Do, so you mentioned that they don't put a whole lot of stake in, in the conference tournaments, at least from what we believe, like we always go like, Oh, if they win this whole thing, they get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, do you think the fact that Purdue won the big 10 and UCLA didn't win the pac 12 determined that one, two dynamic? I think the guy getting, um, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Who, who's hurt Clark. from UCLA? Jalen Clark. Jalen Clark. So if Clark doesn't get hurt, I think UCLA gets Is a one, one seed. Okay. Yeah. And whether that's fair or not, you remember, as we all know, UC with Kenyon Martin, it's like, they were the best team in the tournament or the best team in the country. He gets hurt and they're not even a one seed and maybe rightfully so because they ended up getting beat, but I don't know. It's tough. U UCLA and Arizona played three times this year. Their uh, total line was at 150, right around 150 for all three games. They went over once, but the other two times they went under by a combined 70 points, like 30, 40 points one time to 28 points the just this wow. weekend. Sir Boy with some breaking news. He said that the Ravens released uh, Calais Campbell. Mm. There's going to be a lot of guys that get released. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, right? Yep. So yeah. we'll see how many. I think it's like it's, it's going to be – is this the day that's like, you know, you have Black Monday for coaches, uh, which is the last, you know, the, the day after, which anymore it's almost becoming that day if not before. But my point yeah, is the coach – Yeah, it's almost like Black Sunday at this point. But – uh, is is the first day of free agency like the Black Mondays, if you will, of the players that are just basically waiting to, that know they're probably going to have to renegotiate the deal or get cut? I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Food for thought. Um, upset watch. This is the this is where I was going back before. There's one there's one team that I put all my um, stock all my stock in. I don't know what the right term is. I don't want to say I put all of my marbles. Into the same basket, whatever that. What's that term? I'd put all your I'd, marbles I'd, in. All your eggs in one, one basket. basket. Oh, eggs in one, one basket. basket. Thank you. See, sometimes you know you need help from your friends. For all the marbles is another. For state. all the marbles, thank you. I am all in on Drake. Um, <laughs> all in on Drake. I put a. I put a responsibly, of course. I put a lot of money on Drake. Um, there's no reason this line should be two, two and a half, from a public perspective. And I know people in this chat are going to hate me for saying it because you guys have been on Miami for a long time. You've loved Miami. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have loved Miami. But you want to talk about something that smells like bait? It is Drake. And I don't know. It's one of those things where if you don't pay attention to mid-majors, which I don't a lot. I mean, I have a general idea who's decent, but I don't pay attention to mid-majors. You go back and look at some of these mid-majors schedules and like how good they are. It's impressive. I mean, it genuinely is impressive how good these teams are. And I'd be curious to see. You could take Drake and put him in the Big Ten, and the next thing you know, we're talking about Drake being a two-seed or something crazy. You know, it's like that's – there's not a magic – my main point is there's not, a, there's not a magic potion that goes into March Madness. And it's like, oh, every year there's these magical upsets. It's like, well, actually I've come to realize these teams are just better than the other team. They're just better. Now, just because you don't know them doesn't mean that, you know, doesn't mean that – it's like me talking about be. North Texas, you know, on, on Tom's show. It's like North Texas was a very, very good mid-major team. They just don't have the brand and right. the cachet that some of these bigger teams do. Correct. And if you watch them play, 
I have I have a strong suspicion that when Drake plays their first game, my hope is at least from a financial perspective, is that you're like after about four minutes of watching a game, when you realize that you're on the you're 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 a fan of Miami or any other team. I mean, I've been a fan of Kansas where I've watched eight minutes of basketball against Bradley, and you quickly realize, wait a minute, like these guys are really good, and we might be in trouble. Or Bucknell, I could go through the whole laundry list of teams that have beaten Kansas. However, um, I'm hoping four minutes into this game, Drake just looks like a well-oiled machine in Miami's without one of their better players, to be fair, but they look overmatch. So right now, bet Fred to make the Sweet 16. I don't know. I, last night it was it was a good amount of money. It was like. 750 for Drake to make the Sweet 16. I took it. Line and sinker. So we'll see how that goes. You think you any think, other upsets you think, that you guys like? What? You think Kent State's going to beat IU then too because that's who they'd line up against if Drake beats Miami. <sighs> yeah, that's where I'm at. Oh man. I, I just even I would even say this even if even if Indiana gets by Kent State, I, I'm not a I'm not a believer in Indiana, man. I'm not a believer. They've not done anything anything at all in recent history that makes me think that I should be worried about Indiana basketball. They've not done a single thing. Has Drake or Kent State done hmm? anything in recent history to make you? Drake's had some tournament runs. Have they? Yeah. Someone's going to have to look that up for me. We'll see. Drake Bulldogs. Looking up there. See, I so the another spread. Like the, We look at <laughs> spreads and, and try to, you know, guess where Vegas likes, likes certain plays. And yeah. You know, Indiana come out and they're only four point favorites against the the MAC champions and Kent State. Who Kent State's been, you know, a team that you've heard about all season long. But Kent State's actually played some really good teams this year too. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like this isn't Kent State's not a team that you could say, okay, well they've not played literally anyone. They played Houston. Game was like forty nine to forty four. Great game. I mean, it's probably kind of gross at times. But oh, at the end, like yes. But at the end of the day, yes, it was a great game. And we're talking about Houston being the number one seed, one of the better teams in this tournament. And we're out here talking about Indiana might be a problem for Kent State. Indiana, just to remind everybody, lost by 20 points to Iowa at home. Okay? They went in overtime with Michigan. They Drake. lost to Penn State. This Indiana team is not like their, 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 their world beaters here. Just because, <clears throat> just because they have a script Indiana across their chest and they got a guy that's supposedly going to be a good NBA player in Trace Jackson Davis who's incredibly athletic. Well, I, th I think you guys are in the majority here. I think most people are out on Indiana. You think so? I'm going to look it up. Well, I'm just saying as a general rule of thumb, <laughs> just like you've said, they haven't, they haven't made it to a Sweet 16 in six years. I think they've only made the tournament. Last year was the first time they made the tournament in like five years. So it's, it's not like they are consistently a proven entity in the NCAA tournament. So I think most people are on your side. I'm not saying that most people aren't putting their money on Indiana. I'm just saying most people are thinking that Indiana is closer to frauds than they are for real. And for what it's worth, Drake has not won a first-round tournament game. Since 1971. Told you. That, that, Drake. That, yeah, that's a good – I told you they had some good postseason success. You said they've had some great tournament runs. They have. I mean, did you not remember the 1971 run they had? I mean, you'd be a fool not to know. Yeah. Um, they played good basketball in the 70s. Now, they did win a first four game a couple years ago. All right. Uh, money's relatively split on Indiana can State. What are we going to do here? We need – as a group, collectively – uh -oh. We all got to be on the same page because we haven't talked about it yet. It's not going to be easy. What are we doing about Oral Roberts? 
Oh, are we collectively in? The mouth bobs. Or are we collectively out on the mouth bobs? I don't I Because what a tough draw for them. So, like, that's another one. It's funny. We've got a Duke, Sean Dixon, who works here. Yeah. He's a Duke fan. He's like, man, we drew Oral Roberts. Like, we, we just won the ACC tournament and we're getting the best mid major team, probably. And Oral Roberts is doing the same thing. They're like, man, we had such a great year and you're going to throw us in the first round against Duke? Like, that ain't right. Yeah. It's funny. Just both fan bases yes. are like, just, oh my God. What a great first round game. I don't know. Because that is the trendy pick, right? Yeah. A 12 always beats a 5. And they do. And right. They do. Like, we say that every year, and then we say, oh, wow. Eh. And then they do. Like, inevitably, somebody does. At Pre least one. 15s have been clipping twos a good amount, too. I'm not saying a ton, but they, they do. Colgate. The toothpaste. I know. There's something about that game. I, I th I'm not saying it, but I'm thinking it. I've thought, Are we thinking this? I'm thinking it. Are we Here's thinking why, this? Because every year there's always a 15 that clips a two, man. And it happens all, I don't want to say all the time, but it happens more regularly than people want to give it credit for. And you think of Ohio State a few yep. years ago against Oral Roberts. That's how they got their name, right? Yeah. And then you got um, Norfolk Col just Col last year is St. Peter's right. clips Kentucky. Colgate plus 660 on Betfred Sportsbook on the money line. I, 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 I'm telling you, it's it's tempting. It's certainly tempting. Texas is one of those teams that um, you just don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates, man. It seems that way with Texas. Texas, I know they just beat the brakes off Kansas, but they are a team. Colgate? That, that, Kansas is a team that you never know what you're going to get. Uh, that's true. I'm hoping, they, they, I'm hoping they can just get to the Sweet 16, which sounds sad, but that's it's, kind of where I'm at with it's Kansas. It's funny. Every time I feel like I sit down and watch Kansas, I feel like they like get their get their rear ends kicked, and then I look at their record, and they're just, you know, won the Big 12 again and went to the Big 12 championship, and, you know, they're number one seed, and you're just like, all right, maybe I just am picking my wrong spots on sitting down and watching Kansas. You know what I'm excited for? What are you excited for, Reed? Up I-75, the first four games. A little school called Texas A&M Corpus Christi's playing again. Are they going to wear those horrendous jerseys? Do you guys remember these jerseys from last year? No. Casey, do me a favor. In the singular, I put, a, I put their jerseys from last year. I was at the game. I remember like Dave Portnoy from Barstool talking about these jerseys. They're the worst jerseys I've ever seen in my life. So if you can pull those up. They have a skyline. They have the skyline of Corpus Christi on their jersey. What a bizarre jersey. That's a, that's a vacation town. That's like showing up to the NCAA tournament with the skyline of Destin, Florida on, on your jersey. What the hell is that? Please. It's in the singular. You just got to pull up these jerseys. Where did you put it in singular? It's a struggle bus. In the drive and the single, like the. Right, you can put it up. You can put it up. Look at those things. They are very proud of that skyline. That looks like Middletown, Ohio, guys. Oh my God. Shout out Middletown. Shout out Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> they put, that is. It, it, am, I, am I alone here? I mean, I don't know. It's ugly, Jersey. I just remember Dave Portnoy going on one of his rants, just like, what the hell is on their jersey? Do they have the whole entire name out there, Yikes. too? Yikes. Texas. Yeah. What Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I think they won that game. It was an exciting game right before the, uh, the Hoosiers beat Wyoming. 
And they beat that Wyoming team with that six foot nine Magic Johnson point guard who just backed him down every time. Yep. Tough look. Yeah. Oh. That's a tough look. Um, All right, you guys want to do buy or sell? Yeah, we can do buy or sell. Duke, Duke, Duke. If they get by and or Oral Roberts, if they get by, you're gonna have like probably Tennessee waiting for them. So I don't know, man. It's it's March, and right. we know that there's gonna be madness. So I don't know where it's gonna come from, but it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if it came from. Uh, the toothpaste. Go ahead. All right. Buy or sell. I've got six bullet points for you guys. Right. Let's hear them. All right. Buying or selling. Purdue loses the first weekend. Mm, selling. I think, they, I think they get to the Sweet 16. Okay. I do. Trace, you buying or Buy. selling? Buy. Buy. So then you think they're losing in the second round to either yeah. Memphis or... Who does Memphis play again? That's if they can get out of the first FAU. round. <laughs> it's a little bit of a joke. Can you imagine a 16 seed beating a team with nobody the, would with feel the National Player of the Year, seven foot five, Zach Eaton? It ain't, it ain't gonna happen, but it might. I don't know. Anyway, you buy, you buy. I know where I know I got a. I know I I know I got someone on my team. I know I got someone on my team with the Purdue take. So let's take it away. Purdue's a fraud, baby. Buying Memphis gonna beat them. Zach Eady going to get hacked. Not going to have a good game. It's over. Perdon't. Case? Uh, the more and more people just say they're not going to make it out of the first weekend. Uh, the more and more he likes them. The more it's a and good more. strategy. That's exactly why I'm saying what? it, too. It's so tired. Have you guys watched yeah. this, this team play? <laughs> a lot. No, I, it's not even that. Like, I, I think they are bad. I just don't know if they can. <laughs> he said <laughs> I think they are. They're not just, bad. It's just when when – it's the two things that Paul's talked about. The perimeter shooting, when that doesn't hit, mixed with Edie not being – like getting double teamed the right way, then it's over. Right. And I just – I think they have a better chance of losing in the in the Sweet 16 than I do anything else. So that's what I would say. So I guess I'm selling. That's fair. What's yeah, the next fair. one? So I'm pulling this up. The Big Ten will not have – there's two Big Ten Sweet 16 Spire Cells. Three Big Ten teams will make the Sweet 16. You buying that? How many? Three. Two and a half is what I put it at. So three Big Ten teams. Okay. All right. So we got – all right. Let's do you got, You've here. got, I think, eight teams. You got Maryland as an eight seed. Going on down to Purdue as a one. That's it on the left side. On the right side, you've got Iowa as an eight. You got Indiana as a four. You've got Penn State as a ten. You got Illinois as a nine. And Northwestern as a seven. Well, I can tell you this right now. I only have Iowa making it to the Sweet Sixteen, so that's all I got. Gonna, didn't you just say your? Yeah, didn't he, you just say he, per, he, Purdue isn't going to make the? Yeah, he backed Is going to make the Sweet 16? Well, just in my draft. In my draft. Okay, okay. He's going to go back so on that. He's so gonna, two. He's going to have two. I have two. But still, that's the under. So I'll sell it. I'll take the under there, too. Taking the under. Too many, too many mid, like, you know. If it's How did a they get more than the uh, – what, what conference got more than the Big 12? Was it the Big – it was two conferences, right? I think the ACC still got seven, didn't they? How many did the ACC get? I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's that Wolfpack situation that you had going on. The Wolfpack. Great bet, The Wolfpack. Um, what was I going to say? There was there was um, Oklahoma State. I feel sorry for those guys. For those that don't know that story, Oklahoma State com 
basically did everything they possibly could to comply with the NCAA when they did their investigation. So they admitted things that they had done, which would un otherwise would have been hardly impossible for the NCAA to prove. And what did the NCAA do as a reward for being compliant? They then punished them probably more severely than they would have been able to punish them if they didn't admit. And Oklahoma State was already uh, a team that uh, provided self, uh, ac what, would, what would be the term? Uh, not restraint, but they already, they already gave themselves penalties before they even got the penalty from the NCAA. And then last night to think, and again, I know these aren't the same people that make these decisions, but Oklahoma State as being the first team out of the tournament is a is a tough. That's a tough. You want to talk about a you want to talk about a coaching staff at Oklahoma State that's absolutely pissed off at the NCAA. It's got to be them. Now they didn't do themselves any favors down the stretch to get in the tournament. To be clear, but I do feel a little bit bad for for Oklahoma State, uh, just based off of the fact that they got punished last year probably unjustly, and then this year they're the first team out. Um, I am going to go under. Can I find one team? Yourself. Outside of outside of uh, not Alabama, outside of Purdue, is there one team that I feel really good about? Well, they only have two teams under like a six seed, right? <laughs> it's just Indiana and, and Purdue. So mm. under seems fair. Okay, Ill here's Illinois. the next one. I mean, Illinois. The, can they be the Big Twelve will not have the most Sweet Sixteen teams. You selling that? You think the Big Twelve is going to have the most? We've talked all year about how, how great that conference is. Yep. Well, and it I'll, has I'll been run, fantastic. I'll run down every Big 12 team from starting on the left side of the bracket uh, in the South Regional. West Virginia, I would say no. No. All right. Um, and then we get all the way down to Baylor. Baylor's going to have to get by UC Santa Barbara. And then they got to get, get by uh, Creighton and or NC State. I would lean to say that's a yes, but... This is March. Uh, so that's one team. What's the next team on that left side? You guys can start yelling out to help me. Kansas State. Yep, Kansas State. They got State Montana is a State. And then they'd have to play Kentucky or Providence. You know, I actually think that that's actually a decent matchup for a Kansas State type team. They kind of match up well with like a Kentucky, in my opinion, and or Providence. Um, but again, you're going up against a team that's 25 and 9. I know you guys laugh, but Montana State's a pretty good team. Uh, the Grizzlies. I don't know. I'll say that's two. I'm going to say no. You said that they're not going to have the most teams. Yeah. All right. But then who would, I guess, is my question. I'm going to go out Big on East, a Big limb. 10, ACC, Pac-12. I'm going to go out and say. Mount the West. Is it the Big East if they get Xavier Marquette and. UConn? Or is it the SEC and UConn? You're have to give me some time on that one. I have to do some real hard digging. Because I'm, I'm, I'm with Paul because I, I did the exact same thing that his brain just did, mine did, which was if it's not the Big 12, then who is it? And when you start to play that game, it's a little yeah. more difficult. I mean, I, you could easily talk me into Marquette, UConn, and Xavier. I mean, you could. They've got four teams that are, that are three seeds or better. The Big 12 does. Which will means that they will not play a lower seed than them yeah. before the Sweet 16. It's a tough one. It's tough. That's Stump, a good stumped y'all. That's a good question. I got I gotta circle back on that one. I okay. Gotta, I gotta do a little more digging. Two 12 seeds upset. Yes. 
I'm saying two yeah. is like always the number. You just never know who. Because we always say, oh, no. And then it, it does end up happening. I think it'll be two. Two? Yeah. Trace? Trace Cameron? <sighs> yeah. I'm going to go out of I mean, I, I, it's so like stereotypical, which makes me want to go against it. It's almost like you always want to go against the But that's what I'm narrative. saying. Like every year we say that. It, and then... it, but usually it is one. I don't know if it's always two. But this year you look at those 12 fives and it's almost like they set it up. Like I haven't seen St. Mary's play enough to know. I don't really buy into VCU a ton, though. I watch them play against Dayton. I don't think VCU is very good, which makes me admit maybe I was wrong on Dayton, obviously. I mean, Dayton, for as much as that fan base is upset, I watch Dayton play. And maybe it is the coaching. I get it. That's what everyone always wants to refer back to when a team underperforms. They say, oh, it's the coaching. Anthony Grant's not any good. That's why they're not any good. I don't know, man. I watched Dayton play, and outside of Holmes, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, there's no one on that team that makes me say, like, damn, they're actually talented. They're good. Were they just overhyped from the beginning? Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think so. I think so. Like, is it Anthony Grant's fault, or is it just they're just not as good as That's what the fans would tell you. Yeah, but is it just they're just not that good? Well, they might just not be that good, but the fact that you're going to have Deron Holmes and Obi Toppin both miss the tournament, or not, sorry, Obi Toppin, they would have been a a two-seed in that tournament probably. Uh, They could have made the Final Four. But neither one of them will have played in the NCAA tournament. That's tough. That's tough, because Deron Holmes is going to go to the NBA. He he's, is. He's very good. Yes, but at the same time, when everyone says, oh, he's going to go to the NBA, listen, there's guys that go to the NBA and they flake out really quickly because they're not, they're not, they're not who everyone thought they might be is my main point. You know, like, uh, I don't know. I am not, I'm not saying Holmes isn't a good player. What I guess I'm trying to say is, is that if Holmes was on Houston and he was Charlton, right, which Charlton might be an NBA guy too, I don't know. But my main point is, is that, He's just another guy on Houston, I guess. It's not like he's Obi Toppin. Like, Obi Toppin, you stick him on any team in the country, and it's like, okay, best player on their team. I don't look at, I don't look at Holmes like that. I look, if you put Holmes on Marquette, then I just think he's kind of blends in with the rest of their team. I don't think he's like this go-to guy. I could be wrong on that. We'll see. But I just, I, I just think that Dayton was a little – over maybe overhyped to begin the year, which I'm on that bandwagon. I was wrong, but I don't want to know if I don't know if it's Anthony Grant's fault. I mean, it's somebody's fault, that's for sure, and it's always the head coach's fault if it doesn't work out. Um, one more, let's hear it. Over the last ten years, six times there's been two separate three seeds or higher in the final four. So sixty percent of the last ten tournaments, there's been two three seeds or higher. Will that happen this year? Will two, three seeds or higher make the final four? No. No? And, by the way, I, want to admit, I, I, I am buying two 12s. Two 12s. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to – I'm picturing the regions in my head. I'm going to say no. So you think there's going to be at least three, one or two seeds in there? I think so. Gonzaga is the trendy pick right now. Do we believe in Gonzaga? They've started playing well lately. However, there was a time in this season where everybody was completely out on Gonzaga as well. So that's where like this whole conference tournament thing can be such a facade, right? Well, I think well, I think there's a bunch of like a uh, trendy teams. Like you could see Baylor getting there. 
You, I mean, Duke just won the ACC. They're playing their best ball of the year. They're playing well right now. Um, then you're you're talking about Gonzaga, and I mean, UConn, TCU, the Hoosiers, the Muskies. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly, if you had me, if you pinned me up against it, I think it's going to be nothing but ones and two seeds in the Final Four. I don't think a single three seed is going to get there. So I'm selling. I don't know. I think I'm going to buy it though. You're going to say you're going to buy. You're going to take two three seeds. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't believe in Kansas as much as I hate to say that. Now the last um, two years it hasn't happened. Yeah, which makes me feel like it's due. There was there was an eight seed last year, and there was an eleven seed the year before that. Well, that's what my point is before this tournament started, right? If we're being frank, every single year throughout the entire college basketball season, we sat up here and we talked about how much parity of what there was and how it's anybody's year. You could see 20 different teams winning the national championship. And at the end of the day, we're going to sit here and talk about the fact that we don't think that there might be two, three seeds or higher that make the final four. Kind of proves the point that every single year we do the same song and dance, and then we turn around and there's all one seeds or there's a couple, maybe a two seed sprinkled in. But out of the one seeds, you know, which teams do you think that aren't probably going to make it? Like, I don't, I don't think Kansas is playing well enough right now to make it unless Dewan Harris, their point guard, starts playing incredibly much, much better than he has been. They're not making it. They could lose to Illinois in the second round. Not forecasting that, but I wouldn't shock me if that line comes out when Illinois wins and Kansas wins, that line's five and a half. What is surprising as I'm looking back at the history of the Final Four, teams to make the Final Four, it's only happened twice in the past six years where at least two one seeds make it. So that's that's surprising to me. I figure I, I figure there's always at least two one seeds in there. But that's that's only happened twice in the past six years. As ex-fans, what's the expectation? Sweet 16? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I think any Xavier fan seeing this draw, I think any Xavier fan realistically should be disappointed if they don't make the Sweet 16. Which is unbelievable to say, given what we thought this team was going to be in the preseason. Do you think, as someone who follows this team closely, do you think that Xavier should have said no to their NC tournament drawing and gone after the NIT title back-to-back? -back. Well, so I thought about that, but it's okay because Cincinnati's in it and they can keep the title here in the Queen City. Right here. In the yeah. Is there an actual trophy that you get? Or is it like, did they give a trophy for the NIT? I think they held something up last year. Nice. They, is it like the Stanley Cup where you have to hand it back? <laughs> like, they're just going to have to take it right down the Would road? be funny if you see one that they just drove it down Victory right. Parkway. Right. Hang a banner. What's the point of, I mean, you know, you have these teams that, uh, do they think they're above the NIT, I guess? Is that, that that's what it is? Carolina I, thinks they're above the NIT. Yes. Is, there a, is there a strategic thing that these coaches and players don't want to do because the NIT holds them back from doing it, a la maybe recruiting or? Yeah, transfer portal. Transfer portal, those types of things. However, you know, you could make the strong argument and I think that it's clear as day that it was in the best interest of Xavier last year to play because they got they got an opportunity for a new coach, which I know that's not the situation for every team. But Sean Miller got to see things from 
that tournament run that probably led him to believe or led him to do things that he otherwise might not have done. And maybe he's already, I don't know this to be a fact, Paul, maybe he's already admitted or said out loud that, you know, hey, I, I asked this guy to come back when otherwise I probably would have asked him to leave based off the fact that I got to see him play for two weeks in meaningful basketball or you can, I think the NIT is meaningful basketball, at least, you know, you got a team like UC who is a disappointing season to a certain extent, but predictable. And now you get a chance to maybe play some guys you otherwise wouldn't have played during the regular season. And you get to see what you have going into the big 12. I think it's an excellent opportunity for many teams to, to, to extend their season. I don't know why a team like Carolina, in my opinion, you know, don't, I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to play because they, right. they were disappointed or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, it's ludicrous to sit here and act like the NIT is a nothing burger. Well, I think I think about it in the through the lens of the kids, right? Like, if I'm a player, I want to play as many games as possible. And and maybe they asked, maybe they asked the the players and said, like, yeah, we don't want to play in that. And maybe they turned it down, and then the team's like, all right, then then we'll turn it down. But if I'm a coach, I want my players to play as many games as possible. I mean, you only get so many times to play the game. Most of these guys aren't going to go pro. You don't yeah. think of that, though, when you're a kid. I mean, you're not thinking of that when you're 20, 21, 22 years old or whatever, whatever however old these kids are. I, 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 I think your point's valid, and it's, it's well, one I think that should be made. I think that's where the coach should step in and be like, these kids deserve to play this. Play yeah. Like, meaningful, well, Dayton, Dayton meaningful turned games. It down. Meaningful Dayton game. turned it down. And I think it largely it got turned down because of... Conspiracy. Uh, Dayton turned it down largely because of what? They got a guy, Holmes, Holmes did, said he didn't want to play, I'm sure, because he's got an NBA future. But I'm not sure if Dayton would have made it anyway. I'm not 100% convinced they would have made it because I think the, the way that... Because that statement came out from Dayton and the way that the timing kind of lined up with when they released that statement. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into the weeds of this. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Go but ahead. I'm... I kind of I kind of get the impression with the way they presented that statement too. I don't know if Dayton would have been in, but that's either way they're not going to play. Um, I I'm kind of with you. I do think Xavier very much benefited from the NIT last year, but I also think that was an incredibly unique situation where you're hiring your coach as all of that's going on. Sean Miller was there last year at Madison Square Garden. Um, the NIT this year is in Vegas. It's not at MSG anymore. Um, but, uh, like Sean was there, he watched them play. It was a surreal scene seeing Sean there in the crowd, watching them still playing basketball under a different coach. It was a very bizarre thing, but it ended up paying massive dividends for Xavier in a different way though, than it may have for a team like North Carolina, who can now move on from what was a historically terrible season, not just for them. But in all of college basketball, something completely unprecedented for North Carolina to be the number one team in the preseason and miss the tournament, something that's never happened before. Just get the misery over with. Um, yeah. I guess that's their thinking. So that's, that's that. That's fair, too. I mean, they're the only team that had started preseason number one yep. and has not made the 64 and or 68 team field in the history of the tournament. So... I guess I could understand why UNC would turn it down. In the vault, I will say that's a dollar in the jar. I am going to take a responsible approach to this tournament. Mm. I have done something in years past like that is not—it's not healthy. It's not even—I'm not—I'm not even talking about from a financial perspective. I'm talking about from your mental standpoint. Yep. Last year, I made this this um, 
thought or I guess plan that I was going to bet every game of the NCAA tournament. Mm. I, I, I learned last year that's just a, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's tough. It's a, it's a brutal existence because it's more or less exhausting. It's exhausting. You want to you know? I'm going to pick my spots and go heavy is my plan. You want to know a way to, to sneak in some, some bets? If you don't want to be locked in for a full 40, do the half bets. No, you're right. Do the half bets because another game starts 30 minutes, so you're normally right. like winding up right at the end of the half. and then Right. So, so you can just lock on for 30 minutes, then you go to the next game. Simple as that. When do the live bets usually get cut off? Is it the under four, four. Under or four. the under eight? Is under, it under four? Usually it's four, the under sometimes four. Sometimes you can get it down as close as three minutes. Yeah. So here's an idea. This is what we will. This is what I'm proposing us to do on Thursday. And uh, Friday we're going to figure out what we're going to do. Maybe we do, we do a little bit of a studio thing. I'm not sure exactly sure exactly what Friday looks like, but Thursday definitely. Carve out a little bit of a a, a niche of your bankroll, and okay. we are going to. Do the under, I don't want to do under four because it's so close to the end. I like, let's do the under eight challenge. The end of every, every game on Thursday while we're there, when that eight minute media timeout hits, we got to pick a side. Everyone's got to be on the same side and we got to ride it. It's going to be close regardless. You're not going to have a huge leg up one way or the other unless one team makes a huge run in that eight minutes. You're going to be legit sweating out the last possession of these games more times than not, which is which is what what makes this whole thing fun. As long as you do it responsibly. Twenty one plus in Ohio. If you got a gambling problem, call one hundred gambling. <laughs> Shout out to Fred Sportsbook. I would um, so now now that we are here and we have the tournament, I asked you guys a few weeks ago, would you take the ones or the field? You still sticking with the ones or the field? I'm gonna take the field. I'm gonna take the field because I don't th- even money? I don't think Purdue wins it. I could see maybe Alabama getting tripped up. Uh, I if Kansas lays a clunker, if Houston doesn't respond to a challenge in a game where they haven't played a high major team in a while. You know, I'm I'm just presenting the case yeah. against these one seeds. I'll still take the field. I will take the one seeds because if you ask me to pick four teams that I think can win this whole thing, three of them are one seeds. And that's Alabama, Houston, and Kansas. And then I also think UCLA. I mean, call it chalk, call it whatever you want, the square pick, but they've been the best teams all year. It's a good good question. It's a good bet. I would lean to the field now. I would lean the field. I don't love it either way because Houston scares the hell out of me. I think Houston uh, has a great pathway to getting to the final four Mm -hmm. and i also think that they are a team that needed to lose before the tournament and they did they 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 got beat they got beat by a good memphis team but most teams that 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 are like a houston i feel like it does them well if they lose a game and it's been a while since they lost a game i I like that i I like that i don't know what's the psychology behind that because it does feel that way at times like it takes pressure off it really does because you, you don't have it laying over your head. Like, you remember when UK was undefeated? And then yeah. you're like, you're fighting this, not only fighting to win a national title, you're also focusing like perfect season. Right. It just takes pressure off. They got off. beat. And they got beat. Right. It takes pressure off because you, you know what that feels like now. That's all it is. That's all it is. Take USA to win today, too. They got to win by four. 
They got to win by four. <laughs> if you got, um, we'll be in dead. So we talked about this in the office. We're going to leave you with this on the vault and we'll go around the room. Any last minute thoughts, comments, concerns before we take off, please get in the bracket challenge. We're going to figure out what we're going to do in regards to a um, thing. If we don't do the wheel of lunch, Casey, start, start, start uh, working on the wheel of lunch. Cause if we don't do it, people call us frauds and uh, we don't want to be called that. So where was I going with this thing? Okay. There is a huge advantage right now. At least we, we feel this way in this office, the folks that watch baseball, on a live line for the WBC. The amount of respect that the Americans get and I think what the DR. Um, the DR, I mean, any of the big teams. Any, of the, Rico, any of the major teams that have these high, high level like Puerto major Rico, leaguers. Puerto Rico's got to win by four against Israel today. The live line on these games is absurd. Last night, Mexico was winning. I think they were winning five to one in the fifth inning. And the live line was even money. This is baseball, people. Can like we? the Yankees, when they win 125 games, can lose to the, I don't want to say the Rays, but I'll pick the Pirates because I'm not going to pick the Reds, but I could. They could lose to the Pirates on any given day that are going to win 60 games. It's baseball. This isn't football. Football is one of those sports where it's, it's pretty hard to beat a team that's way better than you. Even basketball, really hard to beat a team that's way better than you. If you're giving me five runs with four innings left and you're giving me even money, that is blasphemy. You got to take advantage of this while you can. I'm quick, just telling you. Quick, quickly, the rules for which teams you play on in the World Baseball Classic are LOL funny. Randy Arena is playing for Team Mexico. He is Cuban. His parents aren't from Mexico. The reason he can play for Team Mexico is because he played in a Mexican league six years ago. That's the reason. Kevin Euclid from Cincinnati is the hitting coach for Team Israel because he's Jewish. Like, the rules for all this. Anthony Rizzo played for Team Italy. They got to field a team, man. His great-grandfather was the one that came over. So we're talking three generations have been here in America, and he could play for Team Italy. It's like, like I could I could try out for Team Germany. Like, like all this stuff. It's just the rules for the teams you play on are ridiculous. And well, they got to field a team. And on top of that, when you have a bunch of Americans that want to play in this thing, They'll go to whatever lengths possible to find a way to play for another team. It happens in the Olympics Clay, more Clay, times than you believe. Clay Thompson's brother playing for Great Britain. What what what, what connection does he have to England? Well, what I mean, connection? He probably speaks English. That's it. <laughs> we all have a little connection to England. Just saying. Do sure. we? I mean, do we? Read. I don't. Yeah, you do. Pretty... Old family's from Germany. Came over after the country started. Am I missing did you, something? Did you take a 23 and me? No. But right. I just, there's got to be a little. There's gonna, come on. I, I'd love to see that tree. There's going to be somewhere. 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 There's got to be some Great Britain. Just uh, saying. Probably. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's fair or unfair. I'm just saying you can find a reason to play on one of these other countries if you're from America and you're good enough to play for those teams and you don't have a spot on the American team, which is what all of these situations are. Let's be honest. That's what it is. Fair or not fair? I don't know. We we in the United States of America for the World Cup kind of try to do the same thing, if we're being frank. I don't know if you've ever looked at the heritage for some of these guys that are playing on the American soccer team. 
but um, some of it's the same. Not to the extent you're talking about, but some of it's the same. Yeah, it's not. I think of that the exact same way, by the way. Like, I think when I watch the World Baseball Classic, I'm like, so this is what it's like to be a fan of Brazil soccer and look at these other countries and be like, that's what they think of American soccer. They're like, look at these guys. They're like, they're just rounding up a bunch of guys. Like, they got all these guys from other countries. Like, they're barely, who are these guys? They're terrible. Meanwhile, like last night, Mexico's just taking us to the woodshed. And all I kept thinking of was like, ah, man, if we got our real guys in here, if we had a real staff, if, if we, we had our pitching if, staff, if we I mean, went and got our, our real our people, legit. I was we, shocked. Full Nick Martinez is our starting pitcher. Who the hell is Nick Martinez? Hey, respect his name. He's pitching for America. But go ahead. Full transparency. I was walking in the media room at uh, at Madison Square Garden, and I saw there was a World Baseball Classic game on, and I was like. I thought this started in like a week, so I, I watched it for a minute. I was like, okay, all right, let's go. And last night, you guys Packed were – house at Chase Field, by the way. You guys, well, you guys were texting. I had no idea the USA was playing, and you guys started texting about it. So I was sitting there, you know, working on bracket stuff, and I was like, all right, I'll turn this on. I was floored when I saw Mike Trout was playing. Floored. How are these guys playing? Why are these guys playing? Who cares? We care. It's America. Why are any good players playing? Look at the I'm DR. serious. All the, all the I don't know a thing about the World Baseball Classic. I'm seriously asking. Why is anybody that matters well, all playing the, all in this the, thing? Truthfully, like, if you look at DR's lineup, it's, it's an all-star team. If you look at USA's lineup, they're an all-star team. Like, oh, Why are the MLB teams signing off on this? Why do they say it? Because the MLB runs it. Yeah. The MLB okay. runs the tournament. Okay. Yeah. So they want this to be a right. They want it to okay. be big. They, they wanted they wanted to create their own. It started it. in two. Yeah, the environment looked awesome. Trying to make the World 40, Cup. Paul. There's 45,000 45, people at Chase Field yesterday. Yeah. And we're our best foot forward on the mound is Nick Martinez. Listen, Adam Wainwright was our was our opener. Our Reed, opener, he's throwing 84 miles an hour up there. Here's the point though. To your point, position players, although they play every day, I think we could all we could, we all could agree that there's a less likelihood of them getting severely Correct. hurt. Right. When as an arm, a pitcher, a guy that you're, yeah, you're, a guy that you're trying to get ready for the season, is not on a timetable that's 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 in line with the World Baseball Classic, right? You, these guys aren't going to go out there and throw 60, 70 pitches when, as you said, the games don't matter. the The other thing that I'm trying, like, if we had a big platform, I'd go like off. Shohei's playing for Japan. Like, if He's I'm pitching. Stephen A. Smith, which I don't know. My main point is this. I don't like the idea, and I'm not just saying this because you're, like, not, not like, I'm not getting on you, Reed. But the one thing I don't like about America is that we want to, like, disrespect the people that take the time and effort and energy to do something that otherwise the other people aren't. Like, Nick Martinez decided he wants to throw for America, and he's putting his, quote-unquote, injury opportunity on the line for our country, and I respect him for it. You go out there and do your best, man. These other guys, I get why they don't want to be in it. However, I'm not going to disrespect our quote-unquote staff because if you said, hey, do we want Hunter Green to go out there and throw? Not really. Do we want Lodolo to go out there and throw? Not really. Ashcraft? Not really. But, hey, I'll sign up any other organization's top arms to go throw. So I can't, I can't speak out one side of my mouth and not the other. We'll take whoever we get. This lineup, I know we gave up 11 runs yesterday. Here's the problem. We had one run. Through like four and a half innings. <laughs> we need to figure out how to score like a softball game is my main point. Like I'm not going to put it all on this staff. And you know what's going to happen? It's one game. It's one baseball game. Like I said before, 
the Yankees could win 125 games and they'll get beat by the Pirates by nine runs one on one afternoon. That's what happened. How much? What's the money line for America today? Yeah, on Betfred Sportsbook, minus five fifty six. Who are they playing? They are playing Canada. Oh, that's right. Tom talked about that. Can't lose to Canada. Canada. Um, Here's here's why I'm frustrated. I mean, I don't take it as disrespect to to Nick Martinez. That's all it is, though. But other teams have good pitchers throwing for them. Because they care about their country more than America cares about proving their worth. That's the... That's the real. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Is that that's a problem. If we lose a few more times, look, he's asking why these big time players are playing in it. Here's what happened: the World Baseball Classic came in the first year. America, I don't even know if got out of group play. Don't don't quote me on this, but it was a massive disappointment. This is supposed to be our pastime, our game. We played terrible in it. And you know what? Some of these top players, to your point, Paul, sat out the first time. And I think it took like a couple big time players to say, you know what? Like we want to win this thing. Like this does mean something. Bryce Harper, I think, was one of the very one of the first people to say, "I'm playing in this thing, and we're going to take it serious." And it kind of uh, there was a trickle down effect to that, right? Yeah. Then it, then it became like from a position player perspective, I think it became like a a status. Like I play for I played for the world base American World Baseball Classic team. I don't know if it'll ever happen for Arms because Arms is just. It's too fickle of a thing. Okay, so so you said so I'm pushing back because you're wrong. In 2006, the Team USA they did bad, but they had a good roster. They had okay. their best players playing. Let's hear them. Let's hear the starting lineup. Okay. I mean, I'm just going through the roster. Ready? Jason Veritex behind the plate. Derek Jeter, Chipper Jones, Derek Lee, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Teixeira, Chase Utley, Michael Young in the outfield, Johnny Damon, Jeff Francoeur, who was a rookie of the year at the time, King Griffey Jr., Matt Holliday, Vernon Wells, Randy Wynn. On the mound, Roger Clemens, Brad Lidge, Joe Nathan, Jake Peavy, who just won the Cy Young, Scott Shields, Houston Street, out leader Todd Jones, Brian Fuentes. That's a pretty good roster. You ripped And they didn't th- even finish in third. Okay. The you, other teams are good. You've... You ripped through that, and my only main point back to that was, was I'd like to see I'd like to see where those guys were at in their career. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's 2006. But so you're Roger sitting Clemens here. Roger Clemens had just won the NL Cy Young. Okay, and he's throwing like what? J- Jake Peavy was on his Cy Young year in 2006. Um, Dontrell Willis was 24 years old. Um, Joe Nathan, Houston Street, Brian Fuentes, all the best relievers in the league, minus Mariano Rivera, who couldn't play. For Team USA. Who was the MVP of the league in 2000 and whatever it was? 2006? Yeah. In 2006, it was in the America, in the National League, it was Albert Pujols. In the, the American League, it was... Ryan Howard. It was, yeah, Ryan Howard. Sorry. Albert Pujols won in 05. Was Ryan Howard playing on this team? Ryan Howard was not on this team. All right. So we had the Major League Most Valuable Player not playing. Okay, so you... I'm, I'm going to go... So my, you're going so you're gonna, to you're gonna disagree with that the USA team... Middle, infield was good. Derek Jeter, Chipper Jones, Derek Lee, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Teixeira, Chase Listen, Hulley, if Michael Ocho, I, I, I got to check the stats, but if Ocho Cinco went out there to play for the Bengals right now, no, he's not very good. Derek Jeter retired a decade after this was being played. Alex Rodriguez was the best player in Major League Baseball in 2006. You can't, you can't tell me that this infield. I, I, I'm, I'm the baseball guy here. I'm telling you this team was good. You can't argue with me that this team was good because I'm looking at them and I'm telling you that they're good. Well, so that was argument it the best is team they could put it forth? That's all I'm asking. I got. I. I want to look into that. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a simple ask. I, yeah, sure I get. I get all those two, players are good. I get. There's a guy or two that that 
that probably shouldn't have made it. Like Barry Bonds was still playing at the time, but it was it was his final year in 2006. He wasn't on the team. I'm going to go through every position and say, is this the best player we could put at this position? Just because it's the second, third best player and he's an all-time great player, that, that isn't it. That, that doesn't count for me. I get what you're saying. They're all great players. But Derek, this G is America. Derek Jeter was 31. Chipper players. Jones was 33. Derek Lee was 30. A-Rod's 30. Mark so a 33-year-old Chipper Jones is the best we could do? Chipper Highly Jones, doubtful. Chipper Jones led the league in hitting three years after this. Three years after this. In, in Major League Baseball? Yes! Why are you he getting so mad? He batted 370 because you're trying to argue baseball history with the guy. I don't know a single soul in the universe that knows more about baseball history than me. And you're arguing with me about something that I know infinitely more than you do. And I'm telling you that your assertion that they didn't put their best foot forward with this roster is wrong. They just didn't play well. They just happened to leave off the MVP of the league. Yeah, who's 21 years old. And this was before the season was played. So 2006, Ryan Howard won the Rookie of the Year in 2005. He then won the MVP at 22 years old in 2006. The 2006 World Baseball Classic So we should be looking at like 2004, 2005 stats. Yes, Albert Pujols won the MVP. He was playing for the DR. All right. So basically we're admitting that we're not the best country in the world of baseball. I'm going back to the argument that, base, that the World Baseball Classic, this Team USA should have a better pitching staff. I don't know what you're arguing. I'm arguing that all of these teams are not going to sign their guys up to play, to play in the World Baseball Classic from an arms perspective. The greatest player in the league is playing for Team Japan and, and pitching. The, and that's because they value it more in that country. And I'm going, once again, saying that Team USA needs to value it more and put a better foot forward on the pitching staff. Because for that country, this is, this is their Super Bowl. For our country... Paul doesn't even know they're fucking playing. There's 45,000 USA fans yeah. at Chase Field yesterday. That, 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 that wasn't USA fans. I don't know if you looked at that. Yeah, there was split, but let's not sit here and act like Mexico didn't take it. Would there have been 45,000 fans there if that was in Seattle? That was right next to Mexico. My main point is that Mexico filled up a lot of that yeah. stadium. Yeah, I think there would still be a lot of fans. Okay. Maybe so. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and say that America doesn't care at all, but my main point is that the vast majority of Americans right now are talking about March Madness and care Did I drop less an F -bomb? about the World Baseball Classic. I mean, I like I, sure. I know I was like I was genuinely okay, looking. We can we can, to, we can we can push. We I can was genuinely post around. I'm just continually <laughs> pushing the point that just because the, the USA does not care about it, we still have better pitchers that need to pitch. I was just simply shocked last night when I turned this on when you guys were texting about it and I saw Mike Trout and Pete Alonzo and I was going to text and I was like, I'm not starting this now. We can do this tomorrow. But I was genuinely, I was, I was instantly like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I just figured it was a bunch of minor league dudes. I had no idea. And I don't really have much interest in watching it, but I was very, I, I now, when I turned it on and saw those guys, it was like, Mookie? All those dudes had no, no, no clue, no idea. Good for them. They should treat it more like the World Cup. You want my honest opinion? Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. great. That's great that's for the, the sport. Great it's great for the event. Sport. I don't, I don't know what. God, this this 2006 DR team was awesome. So you're just, I, I just don't know if you're ever gonna get the arms. And don't believe you are. They had good arms in 2006. Well, in in 2017 when they won. They had good arms. So who are you upset at? I'm upset that at the pitchers, 
that don't want to play for Team USA. So I want you to come up with a list of those pitchers that are supposed to be throwing. Nick Martinez should not be starting for Team USA. If me, who watches a lot of baseball, doesn't even know who the hell Nick Martinez is, and he's starting for Team USA against Mexico, the best team in the pool, it's ridiculous. It, they, the, the best players would play if it was like the World Cup. That's all I'm saying. Is that, that's, but it's not it's even just, comparable to the World Cup because most of the world doesn't care about the World Baseball Classic. That's what and I'm most saying. of America that's, doesn't, I think. That's what okay. I'm saying. That's why they're you not ready playing, for the, though. You ready like, for the pitchers in the 2017 team that did win? We won it all. First time that we've won it all. It's only been going on since 2006. Chris Archer. How often do they play it? Every four years. Okay. But they didn't get to play it recently because of COVID. Marcus Stroman. David Robertson. Pat Neshek. Andrew Miller. Uh, Nate Jones, who was still doing well at that time. But the the best the part the part that I'm saying is Chris Archer and Marcus Stroman, who are in their 20s, are playing for Team USA, pitching for Team USA, not Nick Martinez and Adam Wainwright. So you you want you want Corbin Burns to go throw? Guy that hasn't gotten paid yet. I want. I mean, I, 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 I'm I'm asking for a list of names of guys that should go pitch in this thing. That's what I want. Because otherwise, we're just sitting here speculating on the fact they should have someone better. I get your point. My main thing is, if, if I'm the Reds, I'm telling my guys, I don't want you throwing in this. I don't want you throwing in this. And if you're a player, in a, if you're a player that is not established enough to say, no, I'm going to go do what I want, then guess what? You're not going to go pitch in it. Okay. Who do you want? I mean, you want Verlander? Yeah, I would love Verlander. I would love Clayton Kershaw. So Verlander, who is on the back end of his career right now, and he, well, he's Maynard. coming off of he's coming he's coming off of a, a, a Tommy John, who's probably only got what a few more years left. You want him to go risk the the idea of throwing for Team USA? Yeah, I would love Verlander, who just was the best pitcher in the American League to come and pitch for for Team USA. I would. I'm love just that. giving you a position as to why you Shane would. McClanahan, Tampa Bay starting pitcher, the ace. The favorite to win the Cy Young last year to the final months. Would love if he did it. Max Scherzer? Yeah. Yes. You can name any all-star pitcher that's from the United States, and I will my answer will be yes. Corbin Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff. Anybody but Nick Martinez. Then it goes back to the question as to why these guys aren't throwing, and it's pretty pretty straightforward as to why they're not. And I, I get it. I, I understand that point, but I'm telling you that it's wrong. If the most talented baseball player to ever play, Shohei Otani, is pitching for his team, then there's no reason that we shouldn't have our team. If Sandy Allen Kintyre is pitching, then yes, we should have our pitchers pitching. So we have bad sales reps. We have, yes, I, well, yeah. There's no, there's no incentive to playing, and there's no, there's playing no for your like, country. there's no. <laughs> that's then, and, and and that's the thing. I don't think that many people from America care. People if it was from, in the Olympics yeah. and you got a gold medal, sure. Yeah, and if it but was the not, World Cup, like different. if people treated it like the World Cup, then maybe it would be, you would have more people playing in it. All right, I got a question for you. Are they playing this at the right time of the year to play this? I agree. That's yeah, my I, problem with it. 
I, Paul, well, no, well, no, Paul no, no. hit that nail on the head for me. But I, but, but I've no been right time. Where I've been no a, right yeah, time. would be better. But that's what I'm see, see that, and that was that was what I was going to follow up with because as it's I was spring training, it's the I perfect got it, time. I got, it's I literally got, there's not a better time than spring. There's training. a better time. I'll get to it in a minute. Go ahead. Well, that's what I was sitting. I was sitting there eating my dinner, watching the game, and thinking to myself, what time of year though could you play this? Because you're not going to play it over the winter, competing with football. You're not going to play it in the fall when the obviously the playoffs and the World Series and everything is going to go on. You're not going to stop the Major League season to play it like the NHL does for Why for not? the Olympics. That's my question. Why not? But then then it becomes a year round. If you want the best players to play, then they got to report to spring training earlier, and then it becomes even more of a year round sport. It's already long. It's already too long of a season. Spring training. I mean, the MLB is putting out this product. They've talked to the teams. They've talked to all their players, and they said. When would be the best time to put this on? Oh, why don't we forego spring training where you're already going to be pitching, where you're already going to be playing, and why not go and play for your country? Do that for your country in spring training as opposed to playing meaning, meaningless games yeah. against AAA pitchers down in Florida or in Arizona, which is funny because they're playing against AAA pitchers in Florida and Arizona in the World Baseball Classic. I think, but but I Trace, it's you're, the perfect time. They literally could not be pick a better time. And Trace is going to give his take that they should do it in Jan in July and break the season apart, which is just another take. But I'm telling you, as opposed to where it's at right now, this is there's not a better time to play it than spring training. It is the perfect time. I, Even for viewership, though, I disagree. Like, it's it a perfect for, time for the. It's, sport. A, it's, it's a terrible time. It's a terrible time. I'll tell you why it's a terrible time. You don't need to play it every four years. You don't need to. You don't always need to use someone else's model and think it's the best for you. That's the first problem. You playing it every four years is crazy to me. Yeah, the World Cup. It's a huge event. You you bring it's it's it's, it's a, the World Cup and the World Baseball Classic. Two massively different things. If you care enough about this, I would argue the pool. They're trying to start it up. It's only been around for fifteen years. That's cool. But what I'm trying to say is, you can play it every whatever, two years, right, and shorten it down to where it's not as long and play it in the middle of the season of Major League Baseball and take a week and so a half or two-week like break. Weeks? What? Isn't it, how long is this thing? Yeah, it'll, it'll It's end. like two weeks, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's, Will it's they play like preliminary it. games and stuff? Do they not? Like, you have to qualify they do like for it. They do like, yeah, okay. they do like exp exhibition games. And stuff My like main that. point is, is these guys that you're asking to play would be much more apt to playing in this thing from a per pitcher's perspective because pitchers are the ones that are most associated with spring training and getting ready for a season. If you said in the middle of your season, you're guaranteed two starts, or you got to go out there two times over a two-week window, that's what you're, that's what you're going to be able to do inside this window of time for the World Baseball Classic, and you played it as a, as a world event in the middle of the season, and you said, hey, every, every other year, Major League Baseball is going to have a two-week break. It would have way more viewership. There's nothing else okay, going on yeah. in the world. There's nothing I, else going on in the world. But instead, let's play in spring training when the when what March Madness is going on. You're arguing on. two different things. You're arguing about viewership. Yeah, if you put it. If well, you put what it, is this about? I'm arguing about the team that we got to put better pitchers out there. I'm not arguing about how many eyeballs are on it. Yeah, doing it right in the middle of March Madness isn't ideal. But in terms of the sport, getting ready for the sport and the time in which you want to play this thing, spring training makes infinitely more sense than just going all right seasons we're gonna then take why, a week then my pushback to that would be simple why aren't more elite pitchers throwing in it because it's such a good time is it better to throw them at the beginning of the year or in the middle of the year when they're already they ranked up that's, the, that's 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 what i'm asking you're asking the same question i'm asking why aren't more elite pitchers playing 
And you're trying to give me 12 different excuses or answers. No, it's one reason. Asking more other it's questions. one reason. The guys that the guys that make deep playoff runs, usually who have the best pitchers, don't want to turn around and get ready for the World Baseball Classic in three and a half months. Answer solved. They have to get ready for spring training anyways, is no, what I'm saying. But they don't throw. You sit here and act like these guys that are top elite pitchers are, are, are working hard just like a guy in AAA is. They're going to have to throw 10 innings. They I mean, play four They f play four pool play games, and then they play semifinals or quarterfinal semifinal championship. They play a total of seven games. And I'm asking elite pitchers to come out and start twice. For free. Yeah, I mean, you, you keep throwing all these different things at me. Well, there's a lot of things that go into this. I'm just saying, if you're Major League Baseball and you want to get eyeballs on this, which is the whole reason you started it, you're trying to grow the game, you're trying to became, make it a more world-renowned game where there's more people that pay attention, let's not sit here and act like this is just a fun project for Major League Baseball. Let's just see who has the best team in the world. Huh? Not hard to figure out who that is. We're trying to grow the game. And we want to try to put it in a position to have the most eyeballs on it as we possibly can. And what do we do? We, we, we put it in a part of the position to where not many people care about baseball right now. Yeah, there's a select few people, but the vast majority of the world could care less about baseball. Why don't you put the damn thing in the middle of a season where people have nothing else to watch? Nothing else to watch. I'll tell you what. I hear the buzzer. I don't give a damn. Because Paul, who... Works at a sports company. Didn't even know they were playing. Right. I, like, I legitimately was looking forward to this event. And when I saw Trout and Pete Alonso, Mookie, all these dudes were in the lineup, I was, I was hooked immediately. As somebody that very much genuinely enjoys baseball. And then I thought, man, I'm going to be so busy over these next two weeks. Like, it's going to be over. And March 25th, I just looked up the date. March 21st, it's over. I mean, I guess. And this goes back to your point, Reed. There really isn't unless you broke up the major league season. But then again, that goes back to what I was saying, where you extend the whole major league season. And you were talking about a sport that these guys are basically playing year-round. You can't do that to them. So it, it is what it is. You can't, you, can't do, you can't throw in, like, what, 10 doubleheaders? Oh, no, you can't do that. I know. You can't do that, which is basically why Major League Baseball is what it is. And that's my main point. That's my main issue with Major League Baseball is you can't ever get around any rules in Major League Baseball. We put in a pitch clock. And we got all these people talking about how it's terrible. Oh, you're losing, you're losing the, 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 the ambiance of the game. This, that, and Nick. the other. Now, I know a lot of people love it. But my main point is, is we can't ever think outside the box when it comes to Major League Baseball. We'll just keep doing the same thing because it's working out so great. Because the World Baseball Classic is so popular right now. It's got so many guys that want to play in it. Just keep it the exact same. That's what I think we should do. Well, I just, I just don't. I, we get to these points where we spiral out of these arguments, and I don't know what we're arguing at this point anymore. I'm, I mean, it's fun. So, so I, don't I want think you to refocus like, what, I'm, what I'm supposed to be arguing about. Your, your main point is that, is that America should care more about this event, and we should have better arms in it. We should have better Correct. pitchers. We should care more. And the truth is, is that in America, we care more about our team that we root for in our league. That's what we care about in this country. We don't care. If you traded, I would tell you right now, if you go to a Japan, any other country, any other country, and you said, hey, you got an option. I'll give you right now 
the option between your country winning the World Baseball Classic and your favorite Major League Baseball team winning the World Series, and 99.9% of the teams, people that watch baseball in this country, would pick their franchise. Every other person in all those other countries are picking their country. That's the main difference. Well, it's because their guys are playing for them. And, and, and what I mean by that is when you are a Dominican baseball, Dominican Republic baseball fan, you root not for teams. You root for players. People over in Japan, similar to how people root for LeBron, regardless of what team LeBron's on, they become that fan, the team of that fan. They do that for Shohei Otani. So when Shohei Otani is coming to play for Team Japan, that hits home. So that's why they do that. And I'm just begging that if we're going to take this seriously, if the position players are going to go out and play, if we're going to throw it in front of a national audience every four years, then we've got to take this more seriously from the pitching standpoint. And you can't argue to me that it, it is dangerous for them to throw because it is spring training no different than how they would do it either, either, anyways. See, I just disagree there. You can't compare something that's very, very important to a spring training game. A guy goes out and throws 35 pitches, they're relaxed. They're not stress pitches. He's just working on stuff. He could care less if he gives up seven runs or not. You get into a stadium that's got 45,000 people in it, Reed, you know just as well as I do. That's not the same thing. It's not even close. You're throwing stress pitches. You're trying to throw the ball harder. You're not working on anything at all. You're working on trying to get guys out. Now, you could argue one's better to do than the other, but it's not the same thing. The guys in Goodyear, Arizona are completely different in, re in regards to how they're going to go about their business than if they were on the World Baseball Classic okay. team. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not the same stress level. You're right. No, you're right. Uh, that was a bad point I made. And it's not even that we're one, one person's right or the right. We both care about it. My main thing is like, I would like it to mean more, but I'm not going to get on anybody that's not going to want to pitch into it because at the end of the day, they don't get paid. And the second thing is, is that most of the people that associate their life around what they care about would rather them be good on their major league team. Ask any franchise fan in this country. Do they want Hunter Green pitching for USA? Yeah, I just, Do they want Lodolo? Do you want your number one and two guy throwing for the World Baseball Classic? Mark, Marcus Stroman's throwing for the World Baseball Classic. But I'd if, love if Kyle Hendricks was playing for the World Baseball Classic team. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Well, you're one of the few then, in my opinion. I think it'd be great. I think, I think if you guys saw Hunter Green throwing for Team USA, starting for Team USA, that'd fire you guys up. I don't want Hunter Green pitching anything outside of Reds baseball. Yeah, until he gets hurt, and then yeah, we're all hurt. pissed. Yeah, but yeah, but you would be fired up. And I think the, the chances of injury are so slim. They are there, but they are slim. And I think if you had Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo running out there for World Baseball Classic at 10 p.m., you'd sit your ass down and watch that. And that's the point that I'm getting at. I well, know. you'd watch it, but there's a difference between watching and wanting them to play in it. I, th I think you'd get jacked up for it is what I'm getting at. Oh, I don't think I'll ever get jacked up for like a World Baseball tournament. Because that's just not something that's been... Like you said, it's only been around however many years. I think the, Reds I think fans the, would be genuinely pumped to see Hunter Green throwing six innings for Team USA. I don't, I don't yeah, disagree the, with that. I would just rather him throw his six innings of, of meaningful baseball when he's, when he's warmed up to that. So, that's I, all I'm on. asking. I just want them to pitch when the time is right. I'm not asking a guy that's been sitting on the couch. I know these guys aren't sitting it's on the couch. It's great for the hitters. I'll, like, I'll agree with you there. Like The position players, it's great for them because instead of getting a bunch of BP reps, they're getting actual live game reps. So I'll give you that. I just don't, I don't think that the ask is the same from a position player to a, to a pitcher. I think a, a pitcher to get ready to go is much more different than a position player. 
and that's been proven throughout time. Reed knows, you know, this as much as anybody at the beginning of the year, these guys are much more limited when they're actually pitching for their major league team. They don't let them, they don't let them get extended. Okay. But if they you don't do all those things, so if you get a, if you get a full roster of pitchers and then you're not asking a whole lot from them, if you get, if you get 15, 15 guys that are elite point. arms, you're not asking for, for Adam Wainwright to go seven innings because he's the, all you got. You're asking, hey, man, can you throw four innings? We're not going to ask a whole lot for you, but we want to win this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't – none of us are going to be theoretically right or wrong in, in, in what we're arguing because we'll never really truly know. I just don't think that it's a model that's going to ever grow to significant stature in the position that it's been put in because it almost appears to me as if – They've put it in a time frame that I agree with you. It makes when they the play most DR, yeah. When they play sense. DR, there will be plenty of eyeballs on it. If they play the DR, if they play Team Japan and Shohei's on the mound, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that game. I'm not disagreeing, but don't you think that there's a way for the Major League Baseball to, 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 to say that we play 162 games? Yeah, and that's the point that you've out, made. Can we yeah, figure I, out I a way to make this that's a little the, more that's, meaningful in the middle of a year when there's nothing else going on. That's not there the point at hand. There is literally nothing else going on in July. Okay, so let me ask you this to, to counteract that. How would you feel if you're a Reds fan yeah. and your team's making a chase at the pennant or making you know a chance? you're going, and this is a fair point. Right, and then they're like, all right, break it up the middle of the year. We want your pitcher to, to, to play for Team USA. That I'd be more mad about that than my team playing for Team USA right now. I just view the I view the pitches, I view the stress much more significantly to start a year off so than you, in the middle of them when you're already rather, been in the you've you're already you're already warmed up per se. So you'd rather your your pitcher I mean, play in the middle of a playoff run for meaningless. I don't think the middle of the playoff run is the All Star break. Is the All Star break the middle of a playoff run? I mean, middle I point of the season. I don't. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but yeah, I'd be there. way more angry at that than I would be if they if they play a month before the season starts. I mean, this sounds really stupid, but why don't they just wait to start the season then until after that's over with? Like, why why can't we just can't push back that. baseball? Yeah, I mean, we I can mean, we like, can shorten the season. That, we can do that too. But the the point is is, and this show's gone on for way too, I mean, way the, too damn long. No, this is funny. This is hilarious. Everett I mean, said, Everett says right. the Metro softball championships are conducted in July. I better watch the disrespect. Uh, I think you're both right. I mean, you're not going to get more eyes unless you have better players. <laughs> like, America's I not going to care unless you have better players playing. And it, you're also not going to get any eyes if it's going to be played in the middle of March Madness. So I think the only option really here is to push back baseball. But they're never gonna do that. There'll be so, plenty. There'll be plenty of viewers when the championship comes around. If world base, if Team USA is playing the DR in the championship, there will be plenty of viewers. You want to know one way on how you could fix the whole play and not playing situation? You pay them. You yeah. do. You pay them. Yeah. How do you pay people in this world? Eyeballs. How do you get more eyeballs? You find a window of opportunity. There's a reason that I don't know. The NFL is the most dominant league that there is and it's not just because in the in the in the, in the past whatever 15 to 20 years we just magically started liking football more they strategically marketed themselves and did things strategically that made their league better than everyone else's league they change rules quickly they make their draft date is specific they release schedules 
two times a year. They release a schedule telling you who you play, and then they release another schedule telling you when they play. Why don't they just release the schedule all at the same time and let you know when they play and who you play? Why? Because they market themselves better than everyone else. When and how long is the All-Star break for baseball? Three days. Three, Three days. days. It's not, not, not good. It's a weekend. Thursday, so Thursday to Monday. So there's no way that they could, like, whenever this rolls around every four years, to just be like, all right, we're going to push take- To push against what Trey said earlier, there's no way that – you talk about teams not wanting their players to play now. There's no way in H-E double hockey sticks that teams would okay their, their players playing in the middle of a season. There's no way. Well, and for all the players that don't play in it, like – I mean, soccer does that. Well, soccer's different. Is it, though? I mean, you already said that the injury is very small if they went and played these games anyway. So I think Casey's bringing up a valid point for people that live in baseball, that have been around baseball for so long. So the point that he's trying, that he's making is very, relatively valid. At some point, you got to look yourselves in the mirror if you're baseball and say, shit, we need to do something different, man. We need to market ourselves as more, a more fun and world-class product. And we've not done that. We sit around and we just assume that everyone wants to go eat peanuts and sit at a baseball game for four and a half hours and watch 162 games. And half the league is, is basically on the doormat before the season starts. And we wonder why this league isn't growing. So we sit around here and we're going to mock Casey. Not, I'm not saying Brandon's not mocking, but to your point, if you brought this up to the vast majority of baseball people, Casey, what you're about to say, it's going to get mocked and laughed at. You know why? Because it would require someone that is sitting at the top of the Major League Baseball to change, to do something differently. And I'll give Rob Manfred some credit because he's made some big changes. I would like for them to do more things. But go ahead and propose the idea. I mean, I there's clearly a weekend that breaks up everything, the All-Star break, that they could try to fit in a window and just push back the season a week or two. This only happens once every four years. That's the exact same thing soccer does for every league. Hockey does it as well Hockey for the Olympics. Does it as well. So, I mean, like, if the idea for this, which is to grow nationally, that's what they should do. I think that's a clear and obvious thing that they should do. But, again, there's no incentive to play unless they get paid. That's what this all comes and, down to. If the owners yeah. could find a way to make money off of this and the players could make money off of this, then it would all work at the end of the day. That's why the NCAA yeah. tournament is so successful is because – people get paid because i think everyone not the kids in, but the schools everyone here in this room wants the same thing for it to succeed i think i think reed's point is very valid i think we're trying to figure out a way to do it and shooting down the idea of well they can't do it in july that doesn't help the problem that's not fixing the problem if you push it to all-star weekend and you just push the season back one or two weeks I don't see where there's an issue with that because this only happens every four years. If this was every year, then maybe we would have a, do we, a bigger issue. This is but. a fun thought, and we'll leave it at this. Do we think that there's a way that the owners of Major League Baseball, who ultimately theoretically are the ones that own this event, yep. can they make more money if they could turn this event into a world product than losing 10, 10 to 15, maybe not home games, but I guess like seven, eight, eight home games? Could they make more money yeah. through through this product than losing eight home games? And just saying, once yeah, every four it's, years, it's we're losing eight home games, but we're going to have a rev share from this World Baseball event. 
that's going to get paid that, that we're going to get paid xyz because there is some merit to what this is i'm not i i watched a lot of that game last night now i was up at 1 30 wondering why i'm sitting here watching right. this game at 1 30 at night they play in a shitty pool however i do think people would care about it if it was put in a time frame that it made sense and you could the players had a reason to play in it outside of just caring about their country yeah if you pay them if you pay them it all works together so you, I just don't you, you know if we have an answer before if it's ever going to work. But. You pay them, you'll you'll get me off the ledge of wondering why these players, pitchers aren't aren't playing, which is which it can't grow until you get more marquee players. Till you get the players that everyone cares about playing. So yeah. I agree. I mean. I think what's funny is that one. I don't know if we really are mad at each other. I know you're getting frustrated at me when I was pushing back on the idea. Well, you're that getting good mad at me for, for making I, thought I was making fun of Nick Martinez. I wasn't. That's how it all started. You did. I I don't think that I'm think that you're making fun of Nick Martinez, but I'm just saying that I'm not going to go kill the guy that decided to actually do it. He's the one that signed up to play. Yeah, if, I guess I anything, was making a. I guess anything, I was making a joke about Nick Martinez to get mad at the players that decided not to. Fair. That's more than fair. I'm just saying, let's get mad at the guys that decided not to play. Yeah. Um, all right. This has been one hell of a box lunch. We haven't been back in a while, so why not? We'll just go for two hours and lose all track of thought. We went to the wheel of lunch, and it turned into World Baseball Classic talk for an hour. That was fun. I think out of this argument, I might. What, what's the money line for the USA? Minus 556. Against Team Canada, it's a lot of money. I don't know Who plays do. for Team Canada? Freddie Freeman. He's their best player. All right. Who do we have starting? Dare <laughs> I ask? We don't know. That's <laughs> bad. It's a bad. It's bad. You tell me it's bad. I had to look up. I didn't know. I mean, Nick Martinez has played in the MLB. Should I put five hundred and fifty-six dollars to win a hundred dollars on 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 the United States not losing two games in a row? I mean, it seems like it seems the like they're going to be coming out of the gates hot. Can't but you never know. It is baseball, so that seems like a bad bet. Is it Lance Lynn? It says well, Lynn. Lance, is that Lance okay. Lynn? It says Lynn. I'm assuming it's yeah. Lance Lynn. Okay. Gotta be Lance. Okay, that's better than Nick Martinez. I'm off. I'm off. I mean, like, literally, if I have to look up a baseball reference page for the starting pitcher against the best team in the pool, that that drove me up a wall, man. I mean, I'm assuming uh, that's who this is. Yeah. All right. This is funny. All right, Reed, you ready? You give me Lance Lynn's stats over the past few years? No, 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 no. I'm just going to tell you who we got on the roster. For Team Canada or Team USA? Team USA. I know I, our pitching staff's bad, man. It's not great. And what about Marcus Stroman? Someone put this in the chat. Marcus Stroman won the 2017 World Baseball Classic for Team USA. He's now pitching for Puerto Rico. John Axford, Canada. Ryan Presley. Ryan Presley's Kyle good. Kyle Quantrill. Brady Singer. Bo Naylor. I know Kyle Freeland. Devin Williams any good? Devin Williams is great, Trace. You should know him. Plays in our division. He plays for the Brewers, I know. Yeah. Oh, you, you're talking USA roster. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying I'm to figure I'm out I'm looking at Canada. I mean, I get why he's a little upset. I mean, should I know? Our relievers are fine. Our relievers are fine. Ryan Presley, Devin Williams. We need a guy that can go for Why him. is Freddie Freeman playing for Canada? Am I supposed? Should I know who he's Kendall Graveman is, I assume? Is he, he is? I mean, he was born in California and went to high school in California. 
I don't know. Aren't these rules ridiculous? So, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm, I, I, no, I don't the know. rules are dumb. So the, listen to that, Trace. The we rules, the rules that, are just made up. We have pitchers that don't want to pitch for Team USA. We have Freddie Freeman, who's not even from Canada, play, going up there and playing for Canada. That's because that's because uh, he was told that that Paul Goldschmidt was going to play first base for the Team USA, and he's like, "Well, I really like playing this. I don't want to go to spring training." So he's just right. doing doing some twenty three and me rather, digging around and said, "Hey, I." He said, I'd rather play in front of 45,000 people instead of, yeah. instead of 1,200 in Goodyear. Russell Martin's a coach. Larry He's Walker. How, Larry how Walker. late are we going to be there on Thursday? I think we're going to go all the way up until the split of the games, which is probably right around 5 o'clock. The Thursday late session, the like late, late tips, the past 8 p.m. tips on Thursday are the worst um, session, I guess you could say, worst segment of the weekend. So um, probably won't be there that late. We got a wheel of lunch, Casey. Yeah, Sonic. And guess guess what? It's probably like one of our <laughs> biggest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh let's go! As if this show wasn't long enough. Let's go. Let's. <laughs> whatever it lands on, that's that's where lunch is. Let's do it. Go. So whatever it lands on, that's where we're going. Is that what is we're that, doing? Is that what we're doing? Sure. We're doing uh, it. Chad's gonna be on our tail for that one. I don't but have go my ahead. chap at Surboy. We're still going to Miami, so just remember that. All right. If Sonic gets out first, I'll laugh out loud. No way. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the that's the pick. No, no, no. We got to run through it all. Is the player form <laughs> is the player formerly known as Mouse Cop and Jerome Hunter Fan Club the same person? That's what I want to know. Wait, are we running? Are, is that where we're going, or is that where we're? Yeah, that was the pick. Just one spin. Oh There's man. Yeah. No. Run it through. We got all. You look at the chat. Look at the chat. No. Look at the chat. Why do we do this to ourselves? Casey, why did you put forty names in there? Well, I didn't expect us to go this long. He had plenty of time. That's what happened. He was sitting there at like one o'clock saying, "We got to fill time." And I made one innocent comment about being excited about the World Baseball Classic. It turned into the wheel of lunch. All right, get all eight up out of here. All right, I need Jocko's office. <laughs> yeah, I get Jocko's office. <laughs> this is awesome. This is ridiculous. Someone tell me not to put $100 on USA to win by four runs today. Skylines, I had Skylines. What's the over-under? We're starting to get uh, really thin on some good options, Did guys. What's the over-under, Reed? Oh, uh, let me pull it up. I, my, my laptop guy. <laughs> I had canes yesterday, so I'd prefer not to have canes. Mm -mm. We are getting slim here. Yep, slim pickings. Yeah. By the way, Betfred Sportsbook said they're going to do the, one, the ones versus the field. I just tweeted them. Hmm. Oh, field. boy. They said they were going to do that? I just tweeted them. They said they'll have it up later today. The over-under for Team USA is 11 and a half. Oof. Dollies. We're getting down to the... Guys, we might go to Jollies. I love, I love that we... I mean, we just... Mad as hell at me. Well, he's so mad. When you <laughs> asserted that the 2006 team 
didn't have <laughs> didn't, didn't have the best players. And then I told you who the players were, and then you're like, well, like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, oh, you're, like, you're so mad. <laughs> Mouse cop. Mouse cop is Jerome Hunter fan club. You cannot convince me otherwise. Well, Mouse cops made some comments about Chicago, and I think Jerome Hunter fan club was right here. So maybe that, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you're right. All right. So our Panda Express are... is Panda Express open? Oh, me and Casey. Uh, we did not just go through this entire wheel and Panda Express. No, was I didn't open. say that. I was just asking. No, it's not. Probably not. Penn Station. Penn Station. This is, I, this is a no from Paul either way. Yeah, this is tough. The meats. I love Arby's. Let's go the to meats. Let's go to Come Arby's. On, some roast beef. I'll go to I'll go to Sonic over Arby's. What? Oh wow! You like Arby's, dude? You didn't grow up on the five for five. It was beautiful. What are you doing? I think we've argued enough on this show. All right. Yeah. At box lunch today, we still like each other. Just so you know, at least I think we do. <laughs> I gotta go back and do some research. Need a boxing. You know, on, you know, on, on who mean, the Americans could have had in 2000 and whatever six. it was, six, to put them over the hump. Because you know as well as I do, one player could make all the difference in the world. That's all it takes. Just one good leader. Derek Jeter ain't it. Got to find out who that <laughs> other not guy the was. Captain. No He's captain. not a captain of anything. <laughs> all right. This has been Box Lunch, presented by Bedfred Sportsbook. We're sorry we uh, held you for so long, and we argued with each other for quite some time, but I guess we're going to try to figure out where we're going. And I guess at the end of the day, we do need to be men of integrity, which requires us to go to Sonic. Until next time, thanks for watching the most useless two hours of your day. <laughs> Take care, everybody.